Funny story, Rich. My son Jake. Yep. And Tom were at the combine together. What? Jake was a kicker that year. Back in two thousand. <laughs> yeah. Well, who's he was a kicker for UAB and ended up kicker for Atlanta and Buffalo. So uh, before he got hurt. Whose combine photo is more impressive then? <laughs> uh, mine, mine by far. <laughs> you are locked on Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks Podcast, brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. I am James Yarko, joined as always by David Harrison. You can find everything that we are doing over at BucksNation.com and WTSP.com. Make sure you follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, at DHarrison82, and at Bucks underscore Nation. We'd like to welcome in all of our new and returning listeners. If you're new to the show, please subscribe, leave a five-star review. We really appreciate it, and it helps other Buccaneers fans find us. All right, James. So that audio that you guys all heard at the beginning of this episode was Tampa Bay Buccaneers head coach Bruce Arians talking with Rich Eisen on the Rich Eisen show. We've got more audio from that appearance there coming up later in today's episode that we're going to talk about. I just thought that was kind of a funny moment between uh, Bruce and Rich and, and talking about Tom Brady and the combine and the fact that Jake Arians uh, was also entering the NFL in, in the year 2000. Jake, of course, has been a guest on this show, guest on other shows as well and then of course works with uh the draft network over there doing their thing but we're going to lead off today's episode with a tweet from tom pelicero of nfl network and james you actually sent this to me very interesting stuff we've been talking about some of these things and wondering kind of what the league was going to do in this upcoming season given that a lot of these COVID protocols are starting to go away but it appears that maybe some of these new developments that we saw last year might be sticking around at least for one more year with tom tweeting Quote, nothing official, but all signs point to the NFL and NFLPA keeping in place for 2021 several of last year's COVID-related changes to roster rules, including unlimited slash faster return from IR and 16-man practice squads per sources. Those tweaks were popular with teams and players. He continued on in the tweet thread, writing both sides particularly liked the modified IR rules, which allowed players to return in three weeks instead of eight and remove the cap on the number of players designated for return. Teams had more flexibility and players often got extra time to recover from minor injuries. The NFL and NFLPA continue to talk on a variety of issues. So final word on roster rules, COVID protocols, et cetera, may not come until closer to the start of training camp, end quotes. Yeah, I think this is fantastic for all the NFL teams and the NFL in general. I, I liked the, and I understand, obviously, these were changes that had to be made given the circumstances, but I really liked the way that they did it. And I really liked kind of the expanded roster and the, you know, not having such strict injured reserve rules. And honestly, David, it's not going to surprise me at all if these changes become permanent moving forward rather than just within the COVID world of the NFL as we you know appear to be on our way out of this, but precautions still in place and, and for, for good reason because it's not completely gone. But it wouldn't surprise me if five years down the road, this is still the norm for the NFL just because it did work so well and teams liked it so much. 
Yeah, I mean, hopefully it does. I mean, all the things that happened last year, as far as what you know, Tom is talking about here and commenting on, they were all really good things. Not only were they good for the franchises, the teams, and roster management, uh, but they were good for the game. You didn't see a lot of players necessarily getting rushed back, you know, into action or or whatever. You could kind of take your time and you could kind of sandbag a few guys that you know could step up if absolutely necessary in crunch times and rough situations due to player injuries uh, and all that stuff. And then. I mean, you look at, you know, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers bringing Vita Vea back, you know, in, in the playoff run and everything else like that. And, and in previous years, you had to worry about it because there were a limited amount of players that you could identify for return. So you really kind of had to be strategic about it. And I get the competition side of it. And yeah, maybe that's a little bit entertaining. But really, at the end of the day, if, if your focus is on giving the fans and giving the league really in general the best possible product on the field, all of these things make a lot of sense where I kind of wonder if one of these things might fall off. It's a 16-man practice squad, and as much as you hate to say it, it's going to be because of money because at the end of the day, these owners got to pay those practice squad players. So, yeah, you're, you're, you're only adding you know, a handful of players to your practice squad than you usually have. And to you and me and, and looking at some of these billionaires out here that own NFL teams, we're saying, you know, how much are you really shelling out per year for these extra practice squad players? Well, that's all fine and dandy, but it's, you know, we're essentially spending other people's money. So I think really that's that might be the only hang up is, is seeing the 16 man practice squad move forward because we've already seen this year uh, the cut downs before the regular season revert back to previous year prior to 2017. Uh, from 2017 on, NFL teams were allowed to carry their full 90 man preseason roster all the way through the last preseason game, make their cuts uh, about 12 days before the regular season began. Now this year. They're going back for whatever reason. Uh, they're going to cut from 90 to 85 and then 85 to 80 before they drop down all the way to 53. Not a huge amount of cuts, you know, generally speaking, but I think everybody would agree that having the 90 all the way through training camp preseason, generally speaking, is probably the better way to go. So some of these rules already get already getting reverted. But yeah, I'm, I'm with you. If these things stuck around for the long haul, I would be very happy about it, as obviously would NFL teams. Yeah, and not only have these changes been great for NFL teams, but it's also great for some of these players that are trying to break into the league, the expanded practice squads. Now you're talking about more guys getting an opportunity to find their way onto an NFL field on Sunday. You know, more players in the league, more, you know, more jobs as players. Um and you never know what's going to come of a practice squad guy. You could look at Adam Humphreys. You could look at Cameron Bray. You could look at those kinds of guys that were undrafted free agents and expected just to be on the practice squad, and and they become huge, huge contributors. So hopefully it sticks around, but only time will tell. Uh, David, I, I do have a question for you, and that question is, who doesn't want instant gratification? If you're looking for satisfaction, there's no need to wait. With Credit Karma Money, you could win cash reimbursements for debit purchases. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. When you use your Credit Karma Money debit card, you can win daily instant karma purchase reimbursements on items up to $5,000. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your instant karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Credit Karma Money has already given away over $3 million in instant karma to over 50,000 Credit Karma members and counting, and I am one of those. I've gotten instant karma quite a few times. Right now, 
Visit creditkarma.com slash win money to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com slash win money to sign up for free and start winning. That's creditkarma.com slash win money. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. Back now for segment two here of the Lots on Bucks podcast. David Harrison and James Jarko on Twitter at dharrison82 and at jargo underscore bucks. Find the show on Twitter at locked on. Bucks, and we mentioned it earlier. The opening of the show was Bruce Arians talking to Rich Eisen. Uh, a little funny clip there uh, to start off today's episode. But they did talk about business, and one thing they talked about, of course, was Tom Brady because t- he's t- he's Tom Brady, uh, and he's also coming off of a knee surgery. However, there was an Instagram video that made the rounds. I got a lot of reactions of him out there running, throwing without that knee brace on. Knee brace on. So with mandatory minicamp coming up ahead. Next week for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Bruce was asked about Tom Brady, not only his recovery, but what his participation is expected to be next week as the Bucs get their first taste of 2021 camp. Okay, so how, how is Brady feeling? Like how, how much you think he's going to be able he's, to do next week? He's feeling great, yeah. Yeah. I, I got to see that myself and uh, talk to the doctors, but uh, I don't think I'm going to let anybody chase him around. Um, he'll probably do seven on seven and some other stuff and just see how he feels. Okay, because I did see a quote that you say he'll do more coaching. What do you mean by that? Yeah. What do you, what do you mean well, by that? Well, he's going to get every get, – he'll get every rep mentally. And uh, sometimes if you're standing back there coaching whoever's in there, you're getting just as much out of it as he is without doing the physical work. Yeah, I I don't I don't think this is controversial in any way and if there's anybody who can afford to take some reps off, he may not want to, but he can take some reps off. That's going to be Tom Brady. And you know, he's he's still involved. He's still working on the mental aspect, but Tom Brady knows what he can do. He knows what he can physically do and the less he has to do in training camp, in practices, the healthier he's going to be down the stretch because say what you will about the the TB12 method and, and how great a shape Brady's in and how great he takes care of his body, the guy is still almost 45 years old. So, you know, any little bit of rest that Bruce can get him, Bruce is going to get him because eventually father time will catch up. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't. I don't think that what Bruce is saying is, is a bad idea at all. I think that, you know, you have a quarterback coming off of a knee injury, uh, but he's not just any quarterback. He's Tom Brady. He's the greatest quarterback to ever do it. And the clock is ticking. Tom Brady has even been talking about, you know, the end of his playing days coming up himself. And that's kind of something that's a little bit different uh, than what we saw over like the last five or so years. Usually it's about, you know, well, you know, I'll, I'll come to that decision when it's time and all that. But now this offseason specifically, we've heard him talking about, well, when my playing days are over, so even he knows that that time is getting closer and closer. So preserving him as much as possible. And I also like the whole coaching mentality because, and, and you know, it's not like this is going to be the first time Tom has, you know, mentored or, or talked somebody through a drill or coached them through, you know, how to read the defense or anything. But there is something to be said from the quarterback position and taking mental reps and not only taking those mental reps, but also explaining to somebody else how to see the field and what just happened you know, on a given rep or a given pass, especially a guy like Kyle Trask. And, and I think that, 
as you go through professional life, when you're when you're starting off at work and you're in your kind of the the boots on ground, the person doing it, you know, making the food or delivering the packages or I don't know, you know, whatever your profession happens to be, that's one thing. But when it comes time to then teach somebody how to do it, you kind of notice nuances of the profession that maybe you didn't notice as much when you were in in the weeds doing it and executing. And I think that's kind of the benefit that Tom will get here. Not again, he's done it before, but just a little bit more and kind of saying, you know, hey, listen, you know, when you're throwing the ball to Mike Evans, you know, he likes it here and here. So make sure that you step into it a little bit earlier. Make sure you lead it here. Though that there's there's a possibility and potential for Tom himself even to kind of notice something about a nuance on a certain route from a certain receiver or a certain release versus a certain coverage. You know what I mean? So so those kinds of things bring value. And I think the quarterback position is one of those positions that really has that opportunity. So again, like Bruce just said, he can gain just as much by taking a mental rep as the guy, you know, whether it's Kyle Trask or Blaine Gabbard or Ryan Griffin taking the physical rep where I think, I don't know, maybe like offensive line, like taking a mental rep as an offensive lineman, maybe not as valuable. I mean, as a center, maybe because you, you can kind of still see these calls, but if you're a backup left tackle, staying on the offensive line, you know, on the sideline as you watch Donovan Smith take a rep and you're going, oh, I'm going to take a mental rep here. I think you glean a little bit less off of that than than a quarterback might, but still, you know, some benefit there. So I really like the approach that Bruce Arians is taking. Again, you know, because this is the guy who says you can't coach scared. And I don't think he's coaching scared. I think in this case, you're coaching smart. You know what I mean? You're, you're protecting your, your most valuable asset, but you're also putting him in a position by having him go out there and coach uh, to also develop his mental side of the game, which we all know is where Tom Brady made his career in the first place. All right. Well, David, let's talk about a couple of things that we want to see out of mini camp coming up. I'm going to go ahead and get things started. I'm going to start on the defensive side of the ball and I want to see how they get the rookie Joe Tryon incorporated with this defense. Not sure if he's going to be limited at all. He's coming off of that procedure, but Bruce Arians said that he expects to see him out there at mini camp. So I want to see how they work him in. Is he going to be working with the second team? Is he going to get rotated in with Shaq Barrett and with Jason Pierre-Paul? Are they going to start putting together some packages where all three of them are together at the same time? I'm really, really intrigued as to how they plan on using their first-round draft pick on the defensive side of the ball this year. Yeah, and for me, I'm going to go on the offensive side of the ball I am interested to see how the running back room comes together because, again, we, we talked about this uh, earlier in the offseason, you know, with Leonard Fournette having his playoff run, his Super Bowl run, Lombardi Lenny and all that, and then kind of, I don't want to say the hesitation, but a little bit of distance between, you know, when they offered and when he resigned and all this stuff. I don't think that's going to have an impact, but then Ronald Jones, you know, again, the, the late injury and the, and the time missed and, and all that stuff and kind of giving way to Leonard Fournette as the, the feature back in this Buccaneers offense. So there's that battle right there. First off, like which running back kind of starts off as, as kind of the lead dog in that room. And that may be a little hard to, to really kind of take away from the mini camp. But if we can, I want to kind of see if maybe, you know, anybody notices kind of the, the, the shift leaning one way or the other there's Giovanni Bernard. How are they going to start getting him involved right off the bat? You know, he's been working out with uh, Tom Brady in that group over there. He's been at the OTAs. So he's had some time with the coaches on the field, doing things. He's a veteran, so he shouldn't take, you know, too much time to really kind of get acclimated uh, to what they're trying to do. He's been through plenty of coaches, plenty of scheme changes, but he's not averse to uh, to learning new offenses, even though he spent his entire career with one team prior to coming to Tampa. And then Keyshawn Vaughn, you know what I mean? Uh, I, I messaged you last night and I kind of made a little bit of a joke and, you know, he likes to be called Sneak Vaughn. 
but maybe he should be called he should be called called out Keyshawn after uh, after Bruce Arians rather called him out for missing OTAs and kind of said you know there were ten or so guys that uh, maybe are fighting for roster spots who don't realize they're right for, they're fighting for roster spots and then he went on to single out Keyshawn Vaughn as a guy who should probably show up uh, to the OTAs. How is he going to show up to the minicamp next weekend? I don't know. Like, is there going to be a noticeably reduced amount of work for him? You know, coming off that we might be able to connect, or you know, people might assume is sort of a punishment for that young fella. Uh, real interesting to see just kind of how that whole running back room. And then you have you know the tryout players and all that stuff uh, that also you know that join the team and see. I mean, again, kind of going to Keyshawn Vaughn. Like, is CJ Prosize going to be able to come in with his NFL experience and all that stuff and maybe start eating away a little bit at? Keyshawn, who apparently feels like he's got a roster spot secured and doesn't need to be at OTAs or for whatever reason he wasn't there. So I'm interested to see how that goes now. On the offensive side of the ball, I'm really interested to continue to watch the development of Kyle Trask. And I know I'm going back to back rookies here, but we heard Ryan Griffin talk about how if he's placed on the practice squad and that's where the team wants him, he's happy to be there. I want to see this competition. I want to see how Trask is developing early on. I, you know, I, I'm really intrigued by what we've seen out of him so far. And and we all know that I'm very much rooting for Trask to quiet all the hate that he's getting among Buck's social medias because of collegiate allegiances or whatever the case may be. Um, I want to see how he starts to play. Is he going to get an opportunity? Maybe Brady needs to take a couple of plays off and he's chatting with Bruce. Is Trask going to get the opportunity to be out there with Gronk and Godwin and Evans and OJ and all those guys and really start to sling it and go up against the starting defense? I want to see how they start to utilize him. I want to watch him grow and see if he can beat out uh, Gabbert and, and Griffin and be the number two quarterback. Yeah, that'll be real interesting as well. And, and obviously that mini camp is not going to determine that, but it's definitely going to be the start of it if he can start doing those sorts of things. Right. And speaking right, of the right. potential of other guys, KJ Britt and Grant Stewart are two guys that we've been talking about all offseason since the NFL draft. Uh, the energy that both of them have brought, the communication, the leadership, all that stuff. I want to see how that continues with the other players around. It's it's a little bit easier to be that vocal leader when, you know, Indomic and Sue, Devin White, Levante David aren't out there on the field with you. But now that they are on the field, see those guys kind of stand up, hold their own, be part of their group, and go out there and ball out uh, as much as you can in a mini camp. So I'm looking forward to that. But you know what else I'm looking forward to, James? My next shipment of Built Bars because they have nine delicious flavors available all the time, plus the occasional limited time flavor. They just had toffee almond available not that long ago. Strawberry before that, another limited time flavor will be coming right around the corner. If you don't already know, the standard Built Bar flavors are coconut, coconut, almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, my favorite, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. So there's a little bit of something for everyone. Not only are they the best tasting protein bars on the market, but they're also healthy. They have 17, most of them have 17 grams of protein, just 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, and only four grams of net carbs. If you don't know which ones you want to try and you haven't had them yet, you can order a mixed box, get two of every single flavor so you can figure out which ones your favorite are. So order that today or get your raspberry or your mint brownie or whatever it is that you prefer. Just go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you will get 15% off your first order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Wrapping things up here on a Thursday edition of the Locked On Bucks podcast. James Yarko and David Harrison here. You can find us on Twitter at jyarko_bucks underscore Bucks at D Harrison. 
82. And David, we got an email and uh, we got lots of questions in uh, in this email. And it says, hey, James and David, Bobby from Winter Haven, Florida here. I've been a big fan of the show for about three years now, but this will be my first question. Well, Bobby, Bobby, send more. We enjoy the interaction. Like many members of Bucks Nation, I was disappointed to see that our five nationally televised games are not the most exciting matchups, excluding the Patriots game. However, I now think this, I now think that could be a good thing. And I have some related questions to follow. Number one, we haven't been great on nationally televised games in recent years, particularly last year. Is this seemingly easier primetime schedule actually advantageous to our win-loss record as well as showing the nation that we can dominate teams? Number two, on that same note and my primary reason for emailing, will our Pro Bowl caliber players showcase their talents while winning these national games and finally get the recognition they deserve? Will this lead to several more Pro Bowl and or All-Pro selections for the Bucks as a team than in the previous several years. How many pro bowlers slash all pros do you think we could realistically have? And a final related question. I remember James last year consistently mentioning the Bucks all pro snubs, particularly Devin White and Levante David. And I definitely agree. Bobby, it's good to hear that you agree with me. That puts you on the right side. That being said, were they not second team all pros? Is that still considered an all pro? And isn't that still important for future accolades such as the Hall of Fame? Thanks and go Bucks. First of all, you saying that Bobby agreeing with you puts you on the right side of things. Like there's an argument here that I don't too also think that Devin White, Levante, David, several other Buck right. were snubs for the all pros. Anyway, Moving on, any, Bobby. Anytime somebody agrees with me, they're on the right side, That's regardless of the true. debate. <laughs> Looking at the email from Bobby, Bobby appreciates you. Definitely feel free to reach out uh, some more. Great questions. So as far as the Buccaneers not being good, nationally televised games in, in the past, listen, it, the way that I kind of look at these types of things, logos don't win or lose games. So like the whole mantra of like the Buccaneers just don't show up in, in primetime games. That's not really true because when you look at those games, they also didn't show up at the one o'clock games. You know what I'm saying? Like there were a lot of one o'clock games that those teams also didn't show up for. So it's not the logo. It's not that the Buccaneers quote unquote can't win primetime games. It's that those teams didn't. And oftentimes they were playing teams that were better than them. Playoff competitors, Super Bowl competitors or whatever. So you're already coming in as the underdog. So you're kind of set up to not do well in the nationally televised games. Now, last year was a little bit different. You kind of had that favorite uh, sort of theme, but then they still didn't show up all the time in those games. So you definitely want to see them do better. Yes, I think they can do that, and I think that will lead into more Pro Bowl caliber or more more Pro Bowl selections, more All Pro considerations as well. Because some of these voters, man, like there, I don't think these voters sit down and watch 16 games a week. You know, and I know there's some bye weeks in there, so there's not 16 games every week. But you get what I'm saying. Like they don't sit down and watch all these games. And when you have Tom Brady on your team, yes, there's some more uh, attention, but there's also a little bit of of a takeaway right there, right? So if you're Mike Evans and you have four touchdowns in one game, but then you only have four catches and four yards. A lot of those people are going to say, yeah, that's Tom Brady. That's not Mike Evans. Like, look how dominant Mike Evans is in the red zone as a, as a touchdown threat. So there's a little bit of a takeaway there uh, as well. And they're not really watching the Levante Davids and Devin Whites of the world. They're kind of more scouts uh, or uh, stat scouting. So if they come out and they do ball out on those Monday night games, Sunday night, Thursday night, 
then yes, that will obviously help uh, their stock. And then as far as how many all pros or pro bowlers that we think the Buccaneers could reasonably have, James, I think it's five. Like, I don't have like specific lists of names, but I think that if this team does what everybody thinks they can do, gets better on offense, uh, stays where they were in the postseason on defense, and, and even kind of grows from there, I think it's reasonable. Like, right off the top of my head, Devin White, Levante David, uh, Tom Brady, Mike Evans, and then a bonus. Maybe a Ryan Jensen, maybe a Donovan Smith. I mean, that'd be kind of crazy, right? Maybe a Tristan Wirfs. I think that he was snubbed. Ali Marpet, always underrated, right? But I think five is a reasonable target for the Buccaneers. Again, if, like the emailer said, they show up in those primetime games. Um. Okay, so I have eight. I have eight for the Pro Bowl. I got three for first team All Pro, and I've got five for second team All Pro. Which, by the way, Bobby, yes, Devin and Levante were second team All Pros. It does kind of help, but first team All Pro is really what they look at. Yeah. Uh, so real quick, so I forgot to mention that part, and and I will agree with you one hundred percent. If you're arguing second team All Pro selections at the Hall of Fame room, you kind of already lost. So it's not that they don't count, but like not as much. You know what I mean? It's like. Eh. But- Congratulations. I can't remember if once you get into the room where you're being discussed, if they just encompass first and second team and they say, well, they were named as an all pro this many times. I I honestly, I can't remember. Um, But I'll I'll say real quick, uh, here are my predictions. You can mark it down. You can save it. You can throw this back in my face if you want to. The pro bowlers for the 2021 season from the Buccaneers, Devin White, Levante David, Tom Brady, Mike Evans, Ali Marpet, Tristan Wirfs, Antoine Winfield Jr., Shaq Barrett. First team All-Pro, Devin, Levante, Tristan. Second team, Ali Marpet, Mike Evans, Gronk, because apparently they forgot a second team All-Pro tight end last year, and that needs to be rectified. Shaq Barrett and Antoine Winfield Jr. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. While I'm at it, Bucks are going undefeated, 20-0. You can throw that back in my face too. That, that'll make that'll make Greco happy. There's another bold prediction: twenty and zero, eight Pro Bowlers, and uh, nine total or eight total All Pros, including first and second team. Does that sound good to everybody? In June, in June, <laughs> I hate schedule or I hate record predictions when the schedule drops. But I'm going to drop one on my birthday and say twenty and zero. How about that? All right. With that, David, let's get out of here. Now that you're done with this show. Make sure that you get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Check out everything David and I are doing over at BucksNation.com and Monday through Friday at WTSP.com. Follow along on Twitter at Locked On Bucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, at DHarrison82, and at Bucks underscore Nation. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. Stay safe, stay healthy, wash your hands, and be good to be.